0: Like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down, the
1: best B2B sales and marketing podcast.
0: The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. It's the
2: latest edition of the Conquer Local podcast. I have looked high and low to find an old radio sales guy like me. And he's not even going to mind that I call him old because he calls himself old sometimes. I met a gentleman that I've known of... Um, and I don't think that you could be in the radio business and not know of the name Jacobs and Jacobs media. And there are two of them. There's Paul, the sales guy, and there's Fred, who's the programming guy. You know, it's one of those things. It's like love at first sight. We're like, we're, this is a bromance. We're going to talk radio. We're going to talk radio sales. We're going to talk, um, what we've learned. We're going to talk what's working, what's not working. We, and he is going to, I'll tell you what, I bet you. He's going to tell us about how he works with sales organizations on a daily basis across markets all over the United States and in Canada. you got some great learnings coming your way with a veteran of radio sales. Mr. Paul Jacobs is coming up next on the Conquer Local podcast.
1: Join us for Conquer Local 2019 in beautiful, sunny San Diego. California's Beach City and the legendary Hotel Del Coronado will play host to the most valuable conference of the year for companies selling marketing solutions to local businesses. We have a must-see lineup of industry experts, including our keynote speaker, Kevin O'Leary from ABC's Shark Tank. Our entire slate of accomplished speakers have been hand-picked to address the top six growth problems facing all B2B companies. Product, demand, sales, scale, retention, and expansion. You'll get stimulating talks, tactile workshops, and an opportunity to connect with the brightest minds in your industry, all geared toward turning your business into a recurring revenue growth engine. Plus, you can experience an unforgettable adventure on a guided tour of the world-famous San Diego Zoo, capped off with an incredible treetop reception. We've secured deep discounts on conference hotel rooms, but they are limited and going fast. Don't miss out. Go to conquerlocal2019.com and get your tickets and rooms today.
2: It's the latest edition of the Conquer Local podcast. Joining me on the line is Mr. Paul Jacobs. And Paul is with a nice little organization out of Detroit called Jacob's Media Services, and we had the privilege of meeting each other. We shared the stage in uh, California here a couple of weeks back, working with one of our joint partners in the broadcast space, and uh, I really liked Paul's content, and I wanted to get him on the podcast because you have been involved in the radio business, the broadcast industry, for a long time. So, Paul, first, thank you for joining me on the podcast.
0: Well, thanks for having me. Hey, two radio guys. uh, Hopefully, we'll be able to get a word in edgewise.
2: Well, we're going to we're actually gonna count the words and see who says the most. Let's, let's dig back into the career because you have a storied past and I uh, always like to get some background on our guests. So can you give us a, just a quick synopsis of uh, what makes Paul, Mr. Paul Jacobs?
0: I fell into radio in college and haven't been able to escape. I realized early on I had absolutely no talent for being on the air. So I went into sales and... That launched my career. I worked at local radio stations in Dallas and Detroit, moved into management as a young age, realized that I was tired of making other people money, uh, joined my brother Fred, who had started Jacobs Media a few years earlier as a programming consulting company. And I went to him and I said, you know, getting ratings for uh, radio stations is nice, but if they can't turn it into revenue, what's the point? So let me go to work for them. And I've been doing that ever since. We have expanded well beyond radio, and obviously are attacking digital, and you know trying to help our clients figure out how the changing needs of of advertisers and local businesses, you know, need to be attended to, and really how we need to transform the business. And then in my spare time, we started a mobile app company ten years ago. That uh, we started in a storage closet, and have now developed 1,200 mobile apps worldwide. So I don't sleep but I love what I do.
2: So Paul, I noticed from your presentation that I witnessed in California, you had quite a bit of research around what radio customers are saying. And I was wondering if you could share some of those tidbits with our audience of salespeople from around the world, as to what you're seeing radio customers in the North American markets say to you about what their marketing mix should look like.
0: We do a lot of research and it honestly, it makes our clients smarter, but it also makes us smarter. You know, we look at it from a few different ways. You know, we've been researching how the radio audience has transformed. And we utilize that information, you know, to really help salespeople understand that the audience has more options than they've ever had before. They're not just listening to radio. They're accessing radio content and all other kinds of audio, you know, through Alexa and mobile apps and streaming, how, you know, social media and all of these become, sales opportunities for radio sellers. And then on the flip side, on behalf of a few of our clients, we have been doing research among local advertisers to try to figure out uh, how they are dealing with all the options they have. You know, when I got into the business, you know, local advertisers, you know, it was newspaper, radio, television, and the yellow pages. And today they're getting hit up 10, 20, 30 times a week with SEO and SEM and all these other things. And they're confused and freaked out. And, and so we've been doing research of them to try to understand what is important to them. And, you know, I'll, I'll give it away right here. You know, you would think that with digital, the, their sole focus would be ROI. And I think the ones we've talked to right now, it's about trust. Yeah, I know that sounds weird. But they don't know who to trust. And they're they're being hit up by local sellers and platform sellers all the time with the latest hot new thing. And they just want to sell stuff. And at the end of the day, it's a great opportunity for local business local digital businesses, whether you're a digital agency or a radio or a television station. To build upon that and to show competence and to show understanding of the local marketplace, being able to adapt to local needs, because let's face it, when you call Facebook, nobody answers.
2: So interesting, if I'm a local seller, then I need to understand that there is a larger opportunity to serve that customer than just to sell them my 2554 female dominant radio station.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, look, let, let's let's be real candid about the radio business, at least in, in the States and, and probably Canada. It is not a growth business. So if you're a seller, you know, when I do a sales meeting with a new client, the first thing I say when I walk in is, uh, show of hands, how many want to make more money this year than last year? And of course, everybody raises their hands. And I follow it up with, then stop selling radio. And they freak out and get mad at me and throw coffee mugs at me and things like that. (laughs) And and, and I go, the fact is radio revenue, radio dollars are not growing. I mean, as sellers, we are all so focused on the day-to-day, the lead, the close, the proposal, and all of those things. We need to take a step back and look at our industry and look at our business like business people and go, where are the dollars? Where are the dollars coming from? They're not growing in radio. They're growing in digital. So if I'm a seller, it, you know, first of all, it should not matter to me how I deliver a customer to one of my customers. Right. Does it matter if they heard it on a podcast or saw it on a Facebook post or, or, or saw a banner at a mobile app or heard a spot? Who cares? And the audience is gravitating to all these platforms. So the role of the broadcaster and then the seller is to embrace these platforms, build up your audience, and then solve your client's problem. You know, one other thing, when I got into the business, I had two things to sell, commercials and remotes. And that was it. I would love to be a seller today to be able to have all of these tools at my disposal and products like yours that, you know, are just amazing and be able to really solve client problems, you know, in in a modern way.
2: When I first arrived in this space seven years ago, when I went out on my first four-legged call with a, with a media rep, doesn't matter what industry it was in, I, I saw that that rep was under siege and that they needed to have more data and more insights to be able to have a conversation with the customer. But then what I also saw, and it's interesting that you touched on this, it's not about ROI, which is an important piece, but it is more about who can I trust. And and that's a really interesting thing to throw on the table, because if you already have the trusted relationship, then there's an enormous opportunity for you to learn these new solutions and to add them to your stack. Uh, it just keeps me coming back to this because it was beaten into my head when I was a young radio sales guy. You got to go out and find some NTR. And for those of us that uh, hate ac- acronyms, could you explain to the audience
0: what NTR is? Well, that is so old school, George. Uh, it's non-traditional revenue, and it was originally defined... As basically selling anything that wasn't a sixty thirty or or remote, so you know the first wave of NTR, non-traditional revenue was concert sponsorships. And, and again, you know I was working in rock and alternative radio, and we had a ton of those. But to me, you know what, that became the precursor for all of this, and it proved the concept. I mean, right. I, I've consulted radio stations that have made millions of dollars in NTR and non-traditional revenue. And why should this be any different with with the opportunities with digital today?
2: Well, and that's the piece that I'm kind of highlighting here is, and what we, you and I have both found, we walk into a room and we've got some sales individuals that have uh, fantastic hair like you and I with graying and maybe less (laughs) than we would like to have. You've got to, you've got to say something that gets their attention. And what I've found is, you know, this is the ultimate NTR. Um, And a lot of times in those early days of that concept, we were making stuff up just so that we could hit our NTR number so that we would get our full compensation on the other side. But, um, you know, let's go back to that trusted relationship. Do you believe that broadcast sellers are some of the best salespeople out there?
0: They are. I mean, just think about it. They're selling air. I'll stop there. I mean, but, 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 but think, but just think about that. I'm not selling a car and I'm showing you colors and features and options and styles. I'm selling air. And I've got to frame the story. I've got to be a storyteller to get people excited. But the other great thing about radio salespeople is we, air is a moldable commodity. We can craft the solution uniquely to every client, whether it's the copy that we write, the offer the client makes when the spot runs, uh, how it is voiced and what the approach is, and then all of the other tangential things like promotion and everything else. So radio sellers to me are the best. It's funny, when, when I've gone out to hire local salespeople, uh, and, and hopefully some of your readers won't get pissed at me about this, um, I, don't, I don't like hiring retail salespeople because retail salespeople have customers coming to them. Right. And then they and then they just sell the product. Great salespeople in general are ones who can drive by a store, check it out, do research and go, I can understand what they need. I understand, you know, I have solutions I can craft for them. So, yeah, lo- local media salespeople are the best.
2: So when we, we get down to that and you've you've watched deployments of digital marketing solutions across your customer base in the U.S. and in Canada, how is it going? How are these organizations going in their transition to add digital to the 30 and 60 and and the remote that they are selling today?
0: Uh, Partly cloudy. Um, It's painful. Transforming a traditional media company is a long, arduous task. And a lot of it is DNA. Uh, You know, if you came up in radio, the scorecard you built your entire career around is Nielsen. And Nielsen was the fuel for ratings and self-worth, and Nielsen was the fuel for revenue. Well, as we move into digital, all of a sudden, digital in some ways conflicts with Nielsen, because if I'm listening on a stream, I'm not listening, you know, to the rated radio. Right. So you know your ratings could go down. The numbers are smaller. Uh, it's a completely different scorecard. And getting an organization to embrace this level of change is really hard and and it and it transcends the organization it means we've got to change the kind of people we're hiring we have to change compensation uh we so much of it has to change and and often we're we're asked to change people's orientation who are my age or older and that gets harder and harder and because they just want to, you know, God, I miss the old days. Well, those right. old days are over. over. So so the transformation is really hard and we're slugging away. I, you know, you can't do it with a webinar. You can't do it with a, with, a, you know, a nice uh, book to read. It's a day to day effort that requires commitment throughout the entire organization.
2: Well, I think you said something, you said a number of things that were fantastic there, but that last piece that you just said is something that I have experienced. It it needs to be a change. And if the CEO and the head of revenue and the head of finance and the head of programming like everyone in the organization needs to embrace the change it can't just be the sales manager who's got a new treat of the week and we kind of did this to ourselves in the industry because we were innovative as sellers and we were thinking outside the box our entire career because that's what radio is all about um and and now we're, we've got this new thing and it's digital And this is one of those new shiny toys that's not going to go away. And I think there are some people out there thinking, ah, this thing might just go away. In fact, I've even found radio reps that sell against it and say, you can't trust it. You can't trust the data. And now six weeks later, now they're selling a digital stack. How does that go over with your customer? Have you ran into that?
0: I've run into it. I, it, I, I can't name this individual, but he is a highly successful director of sales in a top 10 U.S. market, top of the heap. Phenomenal DOS. And he says to me, uh, digital is a trend. It's a phase. It, it will go away. And it's like, how could such a smart, great seller, leader of people be so stupid? Because <laughs> it's not going away. And at the same time, it, again, the opportunity out there for us to expand our business is it's just laying there but i will tell you there's a couple of u.s broadcasters and i'm not going to name names but we're working we're, we're dealing with a fascinating science project right now with a, uh, a media a small medium market uh broadcaster they've got about 40 50 stations and the ceo contacted us a year and a half ago and he said we've got to change and, and he said a lot of the things that i've shared with you and i said to him well the first thing you have to do is fire nielsen and he said, okay. And I said, the second thing you need to do is not put those dollars to the bottom line. You need to reinvest them in training, research, plat- a digital platform build, uh, and things like that. And he said, okay. And you know what? We're starting to make it happen. And it, it's, taken, it's, it's taken time. But he had the guts with his company, his livelihood, his family's legacy, to really make this shift. It'll be fascinating to see how it turns out.
2: Well, it's interesting. When you and I were speaking on the stage in California a couple of weeks back, um, we both brought our uh, challenger sale presentations because that's what the folks that brought us there asked us to do. And there were some, there was some uncomfortable squirms um, in in the chairs there from some people. Um, what are what are some of the tactics that you're using when you stand in front of a group of sellers to win over those skeptics? What's if you could just give us a couple of the best things that you found have been able to convert them?
0: Fear and logic. Um, <laughs> 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 I, I, and again, literally starting off with that question, you know, when I start off meetings, but I, I do a lot of what you saw, where I I just share you know publicly available information about the state of our industry. And, you know, it's not heavy duty, hard to understand stuff. I show them how the dollars have shifted at the local level. So it's not national, hard to understand, hard to relate to stuff, but how local businesses are changing their their media spend. And then we pivot into why this is a great opportunity. You know what? I started my career as a salesperson. I'm still a salesperson and and, and so it, it re, you know I try to walk them down a logic path that is reinforced with sound data that they can relate to um but you know what really does it and and you know this because it's what you do you got to go out hit the street have some success get everybody excited um because they can now taste it they can see it and then you market that success internally And then you build a culture and you just, you know, hey, look, I'm from Detroit. We know how to grind things out.
2: Paul, I really appreciate you having on, having you on the podcast, uh, your insights in the radio business. It's a long and storied career and we appreciate having that, uh, that veteran perspective. And the other thing that I think is really interesting is, you know, as you said, Paul, you, you know, you're still going in your career and you just see nothing but opportunity. I don't think that that necessarily is glass half full. I think that that's just what you see and and let's go to the app company because we would, we have to mention it. It's been an enormous success starting a little closet now 1200 apps all over the world tell us about the birth of the app organization
0: well thanks it it was wild you know i I mentioned we've been doing uh you know consumer research and we've been trending how technology has impacted radio listeners for about 14 15 years in in 2008 a few meta events happened Uh, the iphone came out in july the iphone app store opened In October, September, the economy cratered and everybody was freaked out and worried about their businesses. And in October, my head of digital walked in with an app for a radio station in Rhode Island. And he said, you know, our data shows that smartphones are, you know, really shaking things up. And, you know, here's an app for radio. We ought to get into this business. So being the brilliant entrepreneurs that we are, we threw him out and said, nobody's starting a business in September 2008. And uh, he came back a week later. He had contacted the app developer who agreed to develop apps for us for 300 bucks for radio stations. So we, we priced them at $999 on the assumption that most general managers wouldn't have to go to corporate under a 1000 That was the business model. Uh, and we sent out a press release. We started selling them. <laughs> and so, so I started hiring people. I had nowhere to put them. So we put them in a, a prize closet type place. Today, we've got close to 20 employees and uh, uh, we're blowing and going. And it's not just for radio. It's uh, it's expanded uh, well beyond that. And you know what, though? We took a lot of our philosophy in the app company came from our consulting company and our radio knowledge. And that is. No two clients are the same. Apps need to be flexible. They need to solve a problem. You know, all the basic stuff we know from business, we applied to it, and that's why it's been successful.
2: Well, congratulations on that success. Congratulations on the media services work that you folks do. I found your presentation to be uh, very insightful, and, and I'm sure that our listeners will appreciate your insights today here on the Conquer Local podcast. Paul Jacobs, thanks for joining
0: me. Back at you, George. It's a pleasure. I'll talk to you anytime.
2: Um, Non-traditional revenue. It's an interesting thing. I was introduced to it 25 some odd years ago, and now why don't we look at digital as non-traditional revenue? It really, for organizations, radio business, it's like the holy grail to get some NTR from your customer. But the, the interesting thing now is we're not out there trying to sell out NTR. It's just something that they need is these digital solutions to help run their business. So that's the, the interesting piece. We're not out there selling them digital. We're fulfilling the need that they have to do these digital things, to be competitive in their own space. And The interesting piece around these apps, like 1,200 apps that they have built, and now what uh, Jacobs Media is starting to do with their Jake Apps division is starting to build apps for businesses as well. You know, Paul and his organization have done a great job of positioning themselves as experts in that space. Early adopters, just days after the iPhone was released, the App Store was created, they're like, oh, we need to fill this need. So it's interesting that they were able to pivot their business to take advantage of that. And then the final thing is, Radio salespeople are just better. And um, that's because they sell air. So that's been said over and over and over again by millions of sales trainers, but it's such a true statement. If you are able to sell a radio commercial, which is essentially air, it's easier. It seems to be easier for you to sell other solutions because you think outside the box. So for those of you who were not born and bred in the radio business, you need to think that way all the time, thinking outside of the box, thinking solution-based, thinking needs analysis. I remember, you know, the first time I was taught, if you go back through your Conquer Local podcast, 1988, Jim Blundell stands up in front of a room full of salespeople and teaches us about the needs analysis. This is, the, CNA is not a new bloody thing. And um, it's, but when you find a radio representative that it's been doing it for a while. They usually can just bang one out just off the top of their head because that's the way they've always sold so we could take some lessons from the old gray-haired radio salespeople that have been thinking outside the box for all those years. And thanks to Paul Jacobs for uh, making me feel old and also for um, validating some things that I feel when it comes to salespeople and you know that we've been using in some of our sales trainings around the world. I'm George Leith. I'll see you when I see you.
0: You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering. Sound lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath.